I'm Heidi Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. Now, I know that various people do, well, everyone has a podcast nowadays. And when I do my podcasts, they're about different things. I know some people do strictly political or strictly news or strictly talking about some TV show or whatever. And I get it. And it's easier, I think, sometimes for people who listen to podcasts to know what to expect every time you tune into that podcast. I do understand that, but the reason my podcasts include a lot of different topics and conversations and interviews and things like that is because I'm interested in a lot of things. I mean, politics, once in a while, it's not what I live for. Even as a talk show host of 25 years, politics is not my favorite issue. Uh, there are times that, that that's the topic of the week. Other times, it's something different. And for me, as a Christian, I'm very interested in spiritual issues. I'm interested in social issues more so than political. So that's why I tend to talk about those more than some people in talk radio. You can find me live Sunday nights in St. Louis at 97.1 FM Talk. You can also find me during the week doing videos. I call them Headlines with Heidi, and I post them up at Rumble. And you can find them by searching Headlines with Heidi. All of it is up at HeidiHarris.com. So please check that out. My books are up there, available and whatnot. So please check all that out. Now, I came across a column recently written by a pastor in Washington State. Now, I'm not going to mention his name, and the reason I'm not going to mention his name is because my objective in talking about this is not to trash anybody, only to talk about the principle. And this is a pastor who I guess got tossed out of his church for changing his opinion about same-sex marriage. And he said, uh, put out a column, or I guess a blog post, whatever, pretty lengthy, called Why I Affirm and Support Same-Sex Marriage. Now, he was tossed out of the church that he was pastoring for a very long time as a result of this. Now, this is a 15, 20-page blog. When I went through all of it and I highlighted some things I thought were worth discussing, only because it's so interesting how people will try to make something that wasn't previously considered okay with God, and they'll say, oh, this lines up with God now. Well, that's not the way it works. And before I get into this, let me just say, when it comes to homosexuality, yes, the Bible calls it sin. Absolutely. But there are a lot of other things the Bible calls sin, too. Gossip, judging, uh, you know, thinking you're better than other people. I mean, there are all kinds of things that the Bible calls sin. And a lot of people will focus on homosexuality. They'll gossip all day long about everybody in the church, and then they'll say, well, at least I'm not gay. Okay, well, <laughs> God doesn't see it that way. And I'm not God. I certainly don't see it that way. I think all of us are guilty of sin. That's why we need a Savior. That's why those of us who believe in Christ believe he died for our sins. We're all sinners. Uh, all of us are sinners in various categories. So I am not singling out anybody for any particular condemnation. I'm not condemning anybody. It's not my place to do that. But I found this column interesting because a lot of people now want to live the life, well, okay, since day one, people have wanted to live their lives the way they want to and not have to pay consequences or be told that whatever they do is okay. And I know people who raise their kids like that. All of a sudden their kids get to a certain age and the things that they considered sin when their kids were six and their kids considered sin, now they're 16 and they're doing it, eh, you know, so the parents try to make it okay. Well, you know, that's between them and God, I understand. I'm not God and I'm not judging or condemning. I'm just making the point that we cannot go soft on these issues. The Bible is very clear. Now, you can reject the Bible, and you can say, I don't think the Bible's true. I don't think the Bible condemns this or that. But like I said, 
the self-righteousness of people in the Christian community to look at gay people as if they're terrible when you might be cheating on your wife, your, your, your opposite sex spouse, uh, you're, you know, cheating in business, you know, whatever it might be. All categories of sin are still sin. So this pastor from Washington State has a blog called Fairly Spiritual. And as I mentioned, the column is why I affirm and support gay marriage or same-sex marriage. He said, I decided it would be good for me to write down why I support same-sex marriage. I'm not attempting to convince anyone to change their opinions or perspectives. Instead, I'm trying to communicate why my opinions and ideas concerning same-sex relationships have changed. Now, right there, you got a problem because your opinion, truth is truth. And obviously, throughout our lives, we grow spiritually. We learn more about the Bible and what the truths are of the Bible. And the more I learn about God and his truths and his love for all of us, and I'm just more amazed every single day. But sin is sin, and it doesn't change biblically. And you don't get to evolve your beliefs on I mean, You can, but <laughs> you're not going to be in line with God. He said, if asked my opinion, once again, I'm skipping through this column. It's like 20 pages. Instead of asking about my opinion, I would usually say something like, I don't believe scripture condones same-sex relationships. However, I know other Christians disagree with me, and I'm open to growing in my understanding. Well, what does that mean, growing in your understanding? Because other Christians disagree with you? What does the Bible say? That's what you have to go back to. And I'm skipping through, once again, the parts I highlighted. He said, in recent years, I've grown more and more comfortable with the idea that I might be wrong with my understanding of what scripture says about human sexuality. He said, I no longer believe scripture speaks against loving same-sex relationships. Well, let's stop right there. The Bible also condemns adultery, which, hey, people might say, hey, I'm into this. This is my deal. You know, you're not allowed to be sleeping around. Bible condemns that too. So the idea that it's a loving same-sex relationship, maybe it is, maybe it's not. Maybe it's Netflix and chill. Maybe it's go out to a bar and hook up, whether you're gay or straight. I mean, you know, see, there you go. You're, you're parsing words. Loving same-sex relationships. What does that mean? A lot of people involved in that kind of activity don't love each other. It's all about lust, just like straight people. So loving same-sex relationships, stop it. Just stop it. He also goes on to say, I believe in the past I misunderstood the focus of Scripture and misapplied that Scripture teaches uh, concerning same-sex relationships. He said, I'm not an expert in qu queer theology. He said, I'm still learning and growing. It's not about queer theology. I, I This guy... Skipping again, he said, we must also realize that human sexual activity had radically different consequences before the advent of effective birth control. Well, what does that mean? Does this mean that it was okay for David to have an affair with Bathsheba? Because after all, if they could have used the pill, she wouldn't have gotten pregnant, so that would have been okay. What? Homosexual behavior is considered sin. Clearly, God wasn't worried about unintended pregnancies. I don't even know what this pastor's talking about. I don't know. He also goes on to say the concepts of mutual attraction, intimacy, and romance were foreign to most settings. I get that too. I understand that. that a lot of people were arranged marriages and things like that, although a lot of people did marry for love. Skipping around, he said, at a fundamental level, I believe biblical passages some Christians use to speak against same-sex attraction or same-sex sexual activity are not speaking toward the issue of mutually loving same-sex attraction or same-sex marriage. He said, instead, the scripture is speaking against sexual practices that involve control, abuse, violence, idolatry, and profound sexual depravity. 
And you're going to have to rewind this if you want to hear that again, but I'll just share part of it. He said, I believe the biblical passages some Christians use to speak against same-sex attraction or same-sex sexual activity are not speaking toward the issue of mutually loving same-sex attraction. Now, let's go back. Same-sex attraction, I don't see anywhere in the Bible where if you're not allowed to be attracted to the opposite of the same sex. I don't. I see in the Bible, and I'm no theologian, but I see in the Bible you're not supposed to engage in this activity. You know, there are things that all of us may be tempted to do. That doesn't happen to be my area of temptation, but it is for a lot of people or some people. But, you're, you know, you're tempted to gossip. You're tempted to judge. You're tempted to, uh, you know, whatever. Go down the list of things you're tempted to do, okay? It doesn't matter what your temptation is. Temptation isn't sin. Sin is sin. So it's not a sin to be tempt, uh, tempted to, to be with somebody who's the same sex. I mean, I don't, that's why we're supposed to die to ourselves, the Bible says, and put our desires, whatever they may be, aside so we can live the Christian life. All of us have to do that every day. There's nobody who's a Christian who doesn't every single day think, oh, does this line up with what God wants me to do or not? I ask myself that question every day. Is what I'm doing, thinking, saying, lining up with God? Do I miss the mark a lot? Yes, I do, because I'm a human being. Absolutely, I do. But the idea that you've got a temptation in there, I've got a big mouth, okay? God doesn't say, I'm allowed to gossip. Well, you got a big mouth, you can't help yourself. No, I don't get a pass, folks. I don't get a pass, just because I like to talk. Doesn't mean I get to say everything I want to say, or think about saying every single day, nobody does. All right, so it's just silly. This pastor makes no sense. Then he goes on to try to say that the issue is not same-sex attraction, according to whether he reads the Bible, but sexual abuse and specific depraved acts. Well, there are a lot of people who would define uh, some of the things that go on as depravity. I'm not getting into that topic today because that's not the issue. And by the way, I don't care if two people of the same sex are together. I'm not the one who set this up. It doesn't matter to me. Do I have friends who are? Yes, I do. I have people I count among my friends who are gay. I, and I know there are Christians who think that's wrong. I don't think it's wrong to be friends with people who, are, who happen to be in that situation. But I don't, you know, I'm not condoning it. But I'm not going to not like somebody that I happen to like who may be a colleague in my occupation or whatever else because they're gay. It's ridiculous. Do you talk to people who've ever committed adultery or gossiped or anything else? Cheated on their taxes, you know, whatever, go down the list, right? So he's talking about the Leviticus 18, 22, and 2013, which you can look up for yourselves. He said, a basic summary would be that regardless of whether you were the head of the house, you could not have sex with your children, your extended family, or anybody under your familiar authority. Familial authority. <laughs> this would include both male and female members. Okay, fine. But he's talking about other passages like 1 Timothy 1.10. He said these passages are a far cry from denouncing mutually loving same-sex relationships between consenting adults. If it says men are not supposed to lie with men and women are supposed to lie with women, what else do you need me to say? Once again, this isn't me. It's not the book of Heidi. This is the book of uh, God. This is the word of God for whatever reason. I don't know why God doesn't want people of the same sex sleeping together. I, I don't know why. I've had people try to explain it to me and maybe they just believe, you know, I, I don't really know the truth of it. I'm not a theologian, but I know that the Bible says it. And since we're talking about what the Bible says and a pastor who wants to reject that, that's the whole point. He also talks about Romans 1, 26, 27. And Romans 1, 26, 27, in case you're wondering, says, because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women engaged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, men 
also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Okay, now <laughs> he's trying to say that he doesn't think this is a problem. He said, I don't believe Romans 1, 26, 27 speaks about mutually loving same-sex attraction. Really? It said women aren't supposed to sleep with women and men aren't supposed to sleep with men. I don't even know what he's talking about. As I mentioned that I'm going to continue to repeat this, when you're a pastor and you teach the Bible, you're supposed to go along with what the Bible says, not what society says. Because remember, things were a lot worse during biblical times. Jesus didn't give people a pass, nor did the apostles, nor did Moses, because, well, times have changed. You don't understand. We don't have to follow that God anymore. We don't have to keep the commandments. We don't have to do the things that we're supposed to do, whatever the rituals were before Jesus. We, we don't have to do that. Times have changed. Come on, get with it. That's not the way the Bible works. So you're free to reject that and go right ahead if you do it. And like I said at the beginning of this podcast, and I'll continue to say this, I'm not a person who singles out that kind of behavior as unique. Oh, now I personally think child molesters are the worst people on the planet, but a lot of them, most of them are not gay people. They're straight people. But I think that to me is one of the highest categories of sin, but I'm not God. In my hierarchy of things you can do, murder's bad, child molestation right there at that same level. But I'm not God. So I don't get to pick and choose. I mean, obviously, child molestation is illegal, and it should be. But we don't get to decide which thing's outrageous versus other things. All of these things are sin, these things that, that miss the mark. And by the way, if you read the Bible, you will see that the Bible talks far more about how you use your mouth I'm talking about gossiping, maligning. I mean, so many places the Bible talks about what people do, starting problems with their neighbors, starting problems with families, and, you know, a friend lets, uh, you know, an offense go, and somebody else carries the tale. I mean, all over the place. If you've never read your Bible, I don't know, start with the book of Proverbs. Million places in there where it talks about starting problems with your mouth. The book of James talks about lighting a fire with your tiny little tongue. How many people have lost friends, jobs, marriages, whatever, because you've run your mouth? How many people? So it's far more commonly talked about in the Bible than your sex life. But you can't ignore it because you want to do this. And so for this pastor to do this, I think he does his congregation a disservice. You've got to tell people they're missing the mark. You, you can't just tell people whatever they want to do. It's a loving relationship. Really? So that means what? How, after how many dates is it okay? No, I'm asking you, Pastor. After how many dates can I have sex with somebody before I'm married? Is it three dates? Because we weren't in love on the first date, but now we love each other. So it's okay to sleep around, but only if we love each other? And if you're gay, only if you love each other? And if you're straight, only if you love each other? I mean, what's the test there, bud? Just asking. I think he does his congregation, which I don't think he even has anymore, a disservice. And uh, I feel bad for him. Like I said, I don't want to mention his name because my point is not to trash him other than to say he's just one of many, many people who think it's, a, you know, it's okay to bend the truth. You know, the truth is not going to change. Times may change, but the truth doesn't change. It's, it's almost like if you're bold, you know, when you bowl and you're a little kid and you can't really bowl very well, so they put something in the gutters, you know, to make sure the ball goes straight. <laughs> That's what I'm picturing as I'm saying this. God has put boundaries on us. He created us. He knows what's going to make our lives meaningful. Now, can two gay people live in a long-term meaningful relationship for decades? I know people who have. Absolutely. Once again, this isn't the book of Heidi. It's not a question of whether I think these people are bad or not. I'm not saying that. 
But if you're a pastor, you're obligated to teach what the Bible says, period. And if you don't do that, I'm not sure which book you're following. That's all I'm saying. All right, don't forget you can catch me on Sunday nights, live in St. Louis, 97.1 FM Talk, 7 to 9 p.m. St. Louis time during the week. I do videos. I call them Headlines with Heidi, and I post them up at rumble.com, or also everything is up at HeidiHarris.com. That's HeidiHarris.com. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's condemning here, but we have to call it like we see it, right? Yeah. Here's Tony Scott Rose. <laughs>